0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is a Monday here in the great city of Cincinnati. You have found sports with strawberry ice. I'm your humble host, Jeff Trenopol, and as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view. Like I said, from the great city of Cincinnati. Alrighty, we're starting the second week of no sports, but the Bengals are still giving us stuff to talk about. So, a couple things we'll talk about on the show today. Bengals signed another free agent. What else are they going to do? Um, last night, this well, this week is the, supposed to be Red's opening day. It's not going to happen. But last night's Fox Sports Ohio re-aired a great game from last year. I hope you checked it out. And I got a sports question for you, something we can talk about and discuss. What got you into sports? What team, event, action, family member, whatever? What happened to get you to love sports as much as you do? Because if you're watching me... You love sports because there's nothing else going on. So, all right, let's get to the Bengals here. The Bengals have added another wide receiver in free agency. Michael Thomas is the latest free agent signing by the Bengals, most likely to play special teams. Thomas was a six-round pick in the 2016 NFL draft by the Los Angeles Rams. As a receiver, he was on the field for 243 snaps, not a ton. He's ten of twenty-one in career targets for one hundred and forty-four yards. Now, Zach Taylor was his assistant wide receivers coach, assistant wide receiver coach in two thousand seventeen. So Zach nosing. Now, like I said, he will most likely be competing for a spot on special teams. He might get some action in the field. I don't know, but I think he's mostly brought here for special teams because the Bengals have lost two key key members other special team and Clayton I don't mess of his name up. Frit field field sorry <laughs> and Tony McRae now you're like okay why, why is this such a big deal well it's not a huge deal it's just a matter of the Bengals are not stopping you know I don't remember them spending this much money in free agency ever I could be wrong but in my recollection I don't I don't see him spending this much money. Now nah, it's not a ton of money. The guy may or may not make the team. I don't know. It's just another wide receiver, another weapon. And it's a guy Zach Taylor has actually coached and knows on a personal level. So it's a good guy to bring in and take a chance. Worst case, well, worst case he doesn't make the team and you cut him and you're done with him. But the best case, he could be a, a weapon in the offense we could use, plus a beast on special teams. So I think it's a good signing. Is it going to break the bank? No. Is it going to... Make the Bengals go to the playoffs? No, but it's still a good signing. Now, the Bengals are still, well, I'm still waiting on the Bengals. I'm sure you are. Still waiting on the Bengals to figure out what they're going to do at linebacker. There's still a couple guys out there. They could sign. They could just wait till training camp and see who gets cut. I don't know. But this is interesting. In free agency so far, the Bengals have spent $122 million. I'm going to say that again. The Cincinnati Bengals have spent $122 million on free agency, free agents. That's a lot <laughs> for the Bengals. Now, no, none of them are like break the bank, great players, except Reader. I think Reader is going to be a diamond in the rough. That dude is going to be really good. Now, like I said on Friday's show, I had a couple people ask me, you know, my headline was David Clowney a Bengal. I have no idea if the Bengals are going to sign him or not. I'm just saying it's worth a shot to try to get him because, like I said, he's not going to get the money he thought he was going to get. He might not even get as much money as he got last year because free agency is almost – let's see here. What did it say? Monday? Wednesday, the free agency actual period of when the new season, new year league started will be Wednesday at 4 o'clock. That'll be a week. It's only like two days away, and he's still not signed yet. So – Bengals, if you're listening, go try to get him, because if you got him and you got Dunlop on the edge, and you got Reeder and Gino in the middle, that's going to be pretty good. Now, we are still one week and a month away from the NFL draft. I cannot believe it. Now, before all this corona pandemic happened, I'm like, man, uh, this is going to take forever to get to it. Now, it seems like it's taking even longer because there's nothing else going on. And of course, the national media, Kyle Cowherd, brings up Joe Burrow might not be going to the Bengals. I give me a break. That is so old and tired. And like, I know, trust me, I know there's nothing going on. But to bring that up again and to say how bad the Bengals are as an organization, and dude, I'm sick of it. Tyler Boyd is sick of it. He tweeted out something really interesting over the weekend about it. I posted it on my Twitter feed. And uh Bengals Nation and Sports of Strawberry Ice, Facebook pages, both of them. I'm telling you what. I honestly, and the national media keeps doing what they're doing and keeps ripping on the Bengals. The Bengals that are here know they're not that bad. And the last time the Bengals had a high first-round pick was the number three pick. And they picked a guy named A.J. Green, and we went to five straight playoffs. Now, the Bengals have messed up the last couple years, not signing free agents, not drafting very well. we still got the draft to go through. Hopefully, the Bengals will do a lot better this year. I really do think Zach Taylor and his coaching staff are going to be more prepared this year. Obviously, they've been more prepared for free agency because they said that back when uh, the combine was going on because Zach Taylor, the year before, was in the Super Bowl. So he didn't really get going and as the Bengals head coach or any, or get his coaching staff or anything until like a week before the NFL Combine last year. So what they're doing in free agency is miles ahead of what they did last year and what they've done in the past. So I really have a very good feeling that our, we're going to have a very good draft this year. Now, people keep asking me, what do I think they're going to do in the second round? My personal opinion is I think they're going to, trade back and get more picks. That's what I think they're going to do because there is still a lot of holes and you can get very good players later in the second round, third round, fourth round, if you're smart and you do homework. And I really, I just got a feeling that Zach Taylor and these coaches have done their homework and they have a list of guys that they want to get. And if they think they can get them later in the rounds and get more picks, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals trade down. Now, the question is, we still have Andy Dalton and Jay Kirkpatrick on the team, on the roster. And like I said, and we keep talking about the landing spots for Andy Dalton. He's getting smaller and smaller. Somebody tweeted out on one of the other Bengals' Facebook pages, not one that I help run, but that uh, he heard from somewhere that Jacksonville is interested in Andy Dalton, which makes sense. I mean, they got Minshew, who... Yeah, he had a good year, but he had some bad games, and he did get benched. So, I know they gave got rid of Nick, Nick, Nick Foles. <clears throat> I don't know if they think Minshew is actual answer, but they've spent so much money on quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade us a fourth, third round for Dalton just to bring in it because the thing is, Dalton is, to me, is a very good trade piece for a potential team because he's only signed for one year. Now, that's good because if he stinks, you just get rid of him and you don't have to worry about it. If he's he's good, you sign him to extension. And the good thing about that is if Andy goes the way he did with the Bengals for his contract, he's not going to ask to break the bank. I think Andy Dalton wants to play like Tom Brady played it, where he's getting his money, but they also have money to spend on other areas and other teams. So that, to me, is a bargaining chip that the Bengals... Could use that, you know, hey, this is what he signed for with us. If he goes there and does good, he might not break the bank on you to, to give an extension. So I don't know what's going to happen with Kirkpatrick. Honestly, I know he gets paid a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep him because it's signed already two cornerbacks. We got Joseph, who's uh, the number one. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kirkpatrick, if they just keep him. As your third or fourth receiver, well, I know that's very expensive. But he's, I don't know if anybody that is out there is better than than him in that spot. Does that make sense? I mean, yes, we might be able to, dra- if, if they draft somebody, yes, they can cut him. Then, you know, I don't think they have a problem. But as of right now and as who is left out there, I don't know if anybody's better than him for what the Bengals are going to use him for now. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kept him. I don't care either way. I mean, if you cut him, you get a lot more money on the cap, and you can spend it on free agents and draft picks and stuff. I'm just trying to figure out what they're doing. Andy Dalton, for my money, I love Andy Dalton. I hope he goes somewhere and can start and be a very good quarterback for them like he was for us. He was a very good, good quarterback for us. He wasn't great by no means. Joe Burrow is, a, in my opinion a a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. You don't trade those guys. I mean, articles are coming out that Miami's trying to get him. I'm like, of course they're trying to get him. (laughs) He's probably the best quarterback prospect to come out since Andrew Luck. So, if... Now, I... By no means am I guaranteeing that he's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback and we're going to win a whole, whole bunch of Super Bowls. I have no idea. Thing is, though... When you have a chance to get that guy, you take him because this is more than ever a quarterback-driven league. And if you can get the next Tom Brady, the next Drew Brees, the next Peyton Manning, you're going to be a very good team for a long time. And honestly, it's almost, I won't say foolproof but or or idiot-proof, but it would be really hard for Mike Brown to screw it up as long as he doesn't get Joe Burrow killed which would be keeping the offensive line, which is why they signed uh, Surflow last week. Now, I hope they're not done as far as offensive line goes. I think they need to add some more depth to it. I hope maybe a right, uh, a right tackle. But anyway, that's my opinion on Joe Freakin' Burrow. When you have a chance to get that guy and you think, and the consensus is, the majority of the quote-unquote experts, he's as good as there is out there, you take him. So, the Bengals aren't stupid, all right. Yeah, Mike Brown's cheap, but he's not stupid. So I don't see any way that the Bengals will trade the number one pick, second pick in the second, or the first pick in the second round. Yes, I think they could trade that and trade down. What are you guys' thoughts on what the Bengals have done? Your excitement level for the season? Now, people ask me, do you think the season's going to get started on time? Yes, I, I really do. I mean, the season doesn't start till September. It's March. Hopefully this pandemic thing will be over as long as everybody stays away from each other and do your social distancing. I mean, if we all do what we're supposed to do and just stay away from each other, hopefully this pandemic will run its course and we can get back to our normal lives. So the faster we do what we're supposed to do, the quicker we can get back to sports and reality. Anyway, sorry, that's my little two cents on that. All right, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Now, I know right now everyone you know, wants to stay in your house or you're supposed to stay in your house or your apartment. So, But when this is all over and you guys are looking to move, check out their website. Every available property that they have is listed right there on the website. You go fill out an application, they do a background check, and pretty easy. They even have lock boxes. You can schedule yourself an appointment to go go look at the how, the properties. It's pretty nice. All right, as I was talking about earlier on the show, last night, Fox Sports Ohio re-aired the three-home run game of Arist- Aristides Aquino from last year for your baseball fix. That was a great game. He hit three home runs, get the Cubs. It was awesome. Now, Wednesday, they will be showing – The walk-off win over the Houston Cheating Astros from June 19th. Now, the thing I remember about this game is, I don't know if it was this game, but that series, the Reds swept the Astros. And I think it was that game, but I'm not sure if that's the one that that ended, uh, made a sweep the series. I'm pretty sure it is. I'll have to watch Wednesday to, to find out. But the thing I remember, there was a guy, he had a broom, because we were going to sweep them, and he went freaking nuts. So i going, yeah! <laughs> it was awesome. We beat the Cheating Astros, which they weren't a Cheating Astros. Well, they weren't a Cheating Astros then, but we didn't know that. Anyway, the guy went nuts, had his room, jumped off the top of the dugout, started running around. The security guard's like, hey, hey, you got to get out, get out. But he was so excited that he jumped on the, on the dugout roof and started running around. It was great. So anyway, for your baseball fix, Check out Fox Sports Ohio Wednesday night. All right. I said this on the uh, rundown on YouTube, or YouTube, on the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. And, you know, we got nothing going on with sports, really. So, got I think it's some stuff to talk about. So, one of my buddies at work brought this up to me. And the question is, what got you into sports? You know, what event, family member, player, did you just, you were an athlete and you liked that sport? What got you into to sports in general? Not me, obviously I'm a Cincinnati fan. I was raised here on the west side of Cincinnati. So I love all my Cincinnati sports teams, but what got me into each individual one and the love I have for them is this. The Reds was my gra- my grandma and my grandpa. Every time I would go over to their house during summertime, they'd either have the Reds game on a TV or they'd have it on the radio Or whatever, They'd be working out in the yard. They'd have Artie and Joe on, listen to it, sit outside drinking tea, whatever. You know, I mean, they had their own two chairs in the living room. (laughs) Grandpa was on this side. Grandma was on this side. Reds game's in the middle. So they were always watching it. My grandfather was a huge Pete Rose fan. My grandmother loved Johnny Bench. So I liked both of them. Now, I never, when I was little, I never picked one because I irritate (laughs) The other one, if I say I like Pete Rose, then my grandma would get upset. If I said I like Johnny Best better, my grandpa would get upset. So I like both of them. So, but, as I got older, my favorite player was Chris Sabo. Sabo! Had the sports goggles. He was the next Charlie Hustle. I mean, he played a lot like Pete Rose. And if you're from the west side of Cincinnati, you love Pete Rose, and you love his hustle, and you love the way he played. So that whole thing, I fell in love with him in 1988, uh, Rookie of the Year. And then... The only time any of my teams have won a championship, well, that I can remember, okay, I was alive in 76, but I was one, so I didn't really get to enjoy the Reds sweeping the Yankees, but 1990, I was 15 years old, we started the the season a week late, we went wire to wire, we had Chris Sabo, the Nasty Boys, Barry Larkin, Jose Rio, Eric Davis, Glenn Braggs, Billy Hatcher, Tom Browning. Danny Jackson, the All-American boy, Jack Armstrong, love that team. My favorite team of all time for the Reds is the 1990 World Champion Cincinnati Reds. They swept the Oakland A's. I remember there was this girl. It was my freshman year of high school, and she's like, "Oh, it's that's Oakland. They're gonna they're gonna crush the Reds. They got the Bash Brothers. They got Jose Canseco. They got Mark McGuire. They got Ricky Henderson." I'm like, "All right, yeah, we'll see. Okay, we swept them." Crushed him. There was one game I was close. Joe, uh, Joe Oliver, ball down the uh, right field or left field line. Joe Knoxville going nuts and him saying, "And this one belongs to the Reds." Billy Bates scores. Anyway, that was that's what those three things. After 1990, I freaking loved baseball. I mean, I loved it before, but that just cemented it for me. <laughs> All right, now my Bengals. Now this has been a love-hate relationship. I really started getting into them in 1981 when they changed their uniforms. There's people, I, I to this day, people are like, oh, I love the old helmets where it was just orange and it says Bengal on them. I'm like, those are stupid looking. I love the Bengal stripes. They are the most unique helmet in the NFL. Nobody has one like that. Nobody has a helmet where it goes all over the helmet. It's great. And it came out in 1981. I was, what, six? So... I love the uniforms got me. We went to the Super Bowl. I remember we we're at my we were obviously at my parents' house. We had friends over, and it was a freezer bowl against the Chargers. And I would love to find this video, but I have no idea how to even where to even find it. But there was a guy that I thought I remember, he built a Bengals like statue or something. He was a barber and he took hair from off the, off the floor and built this Bengal and it had a charger uh hanging out of his mouth and i don't know why that sticks out in my head but it does i was only six but the fridgeable watching that game which i can't sit there and, i can't say i sat there and watched the entire game but it was a big deal at my at my 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 house my parents had people over we had people over for the super bowl we lost i remember my mom had this Bengal uh it was a Bengal a picture of a and we colored it during the super bowl so That's what got me into it. And then the Bengals kind of stunk again, and I was more paying attention to baseball, and I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the Bengals until 1988. Welcome to the jungle. Music from Guns N' Roses. We started out the season 6-0. Lost to the freaking Patriots. Still can't believe we lost that game. Icky Woods, the Icky Shovel, Boomer Sides, and Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Sam Weiss said he's getting carried off the field uh, the in the AFC Championship game. I'm going to Kings Island. All that stuff. Those were fun times. It was so great. Of course, we lost 43 seconds away from it. So that's where my love-hate has become with the Bengals. And then, you know, they had the whole 90s and I still liked them. It was really hard. But like I said, the Bengals have been a love-hate relationship. Mostly love than hate. They're very frustrating. Now... I get to the University of Cincinnati, basketball and football. That's my father. When I was little, I don't even remember how old, but the, the Bearcats used to play down at Riverfront Coliseum. It's That's how old I am. It's called Heritage Bank Arena now, before that was US Bank, but it was called the Coliseum then. And you see the Shoemaker Center, even the new one, the new Shoemaker or Fifth Third Arena, well, none of that was there. They went down to the Coliseum, we had uh, season tickets. And we go down there and we watch him play. It was me my dad, my brother and my sister. We all watch him. <laughs> I remember there's this... I don't remember the guy's name. He's a blonde-headed guy. Uh, played for the Bearcat basketball team. My sister thought he was cute. For some reason, I remember this stuff. I don't know why. Uh, I remember that. And then I remember the, the, the cheerleaders throwing little itty-bitty mini basketballs. They were probably worth five cents. And I couldn't get one. I started crying. Like, oh, I can't get one. And then this kid came up and gave me one. I'm like, yeah! So... <laughs> Had nothing to do with basketball, but those are the memories that got me in to UC. The football, we never went to football games back then because there wasn't. They played independent. They were in a metro league or a metro conference for basketball. Metro didn't have a football conference, so UC played independent and I did honestly. I didn't really know they had a football team back then. So, getting to the basketball team again, nineteen ninety two Final Four, the best, my favorite. Basketball team ever for the University of Cincinnati. Nick Van Exel, Terry Nelson, Corey Blunt, uh, Anthony Buford, Reikenecker, Mike Scott. I mean, (laughs) Eric Martin. These guys came from nowhere. I mean, nobody thought that they would get into the tournament, let alone go to the Final Four. And if it wasn't for Michigan at Fab Five, we would have been playing for the National Championship. So those are... The things that got me into the University of Cincinnati basketball. Now football. <clears throat> again, my father, he bought uh, season tickets for UC basketball. This time, he if you buy tickets for basketball, you got to buy the football. So this was back in the early 2000s when I think 97 was the first time they went to a bowl game in forever. I think it was 1997, and then they hadn't gone again in a while. And then they Rick Mentor was the coach, and he started getting them better and better and better. We went to Motor City Bowl twice in 2001, 2002 or 2000, 2001. I don't remember. But the game that I will never forget it was me, my wife, my son, my daughter wasn't born yet and my entire family. My sister's family was there. My brother's family was there. My dad, my mom. We all went to Ohio State uh, UC game in 02 down at Paul Brown Stadium. And we were this close, this close from beating them. To this Day, I still think Murray caught that ball. I he was in the end zone, he caught it, and I'm in that end zone. He hits the ground. I'm like, Yes, holy crap, we're gonna beat it! And I'm surrounded by Ohio State fans because there's more of them than there are of us. And then they all said, Hey, hey, I'm like, What is that? He dropped him like, No, but they're actually pretty cool about it because I mean, they didn't rub it in my face that we lost. Ash shook my hand and said, That was a great game, which it was. It was a great game. You UC- see could've, have, should've have won the game, and Ohio State probably wouldn't have won the uh, national tournament that year. They are that close. Now, I do talk about hockey on here. Now, we don't have a NHL team in Cincinnati, but we do have the Cincinnati Cyclones, and two hours away from us, we had the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I never was into hockey at all when I was growing up. but my son decided that he wanted to play hockey. So, <laughs> I was like, all right, so I had to figure out where and did you play hockey at? So I found a place up north, uh, uh, Sports Plus, and you can learn how to play hockey and all that stuff there. So we got into that, and then he got out of travel hockey and got into this, and pfft, it just rolled from there. So my son is the reason that I am a big Cyclones fan and a big Columbus Blue Jackets fan. So those are all my reasons of why I'm such a big sports fan. Most of it's family. Most of it's family wrapped in with different events, different times of my life. What got you into it, you know? All right, we got Facebook groups I like to uh, talk about on here, the ones that I help run. We have Bengals Nation, Reds Country, and Bearcat Country. Those are all groups you guys can go on there. We can talk sports. We can talk crap. Try not to argue with everybody. Don't go go in there and just say something stupid just to piss everybody off. Because if you're doing that, we might have to end up kicking you out because we don't want anybody actually fighting or threatening anybody in that. So, let's just keep it nice and clean, simple, civil, and have fun with it. It's just a debate. It's sports. It's no big deal. You don't have to get upset about it. And as always, like, subscribe, share. I am... I cannot believe this. I'm up to 181 subscribers. You guys are awesome. I know there's nothing else to do as far as sports. So, I kind of understand why I'm getting so many views. But Thursday's show... I had 135 views of that show. Friday's show, I had 319. And I've already added 181 subscribers. I've added probably 20 subscribers in a week, which is unbelievable. Like I keep saying, because there's nothing going on. It's just me rambling on and talking. So I really appreciate the support and uh, the subscriptions. Like I said, tell all your friends about me. All right. Well, that's your sports, baby. You guys have a wonderful day. Check me out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm everywhere. See you guys.